Hello, Attactioneers. Welcome to the Attack Action Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Morrow. And it's a birthday pod. <laughs> it's my birthday today. <laughs> Who are you, strange person? I'm, I'm the other host, Isaac Jessen. I also kind of forgot what I say after hello, Attactioneers, so I want to edit it out. It's a make it one. seem yeah, make it seem <laughs> nice and clean and professional. Happy birthday to you! Congratulations! Welcome to your mid thirties. It's you. it's totally fine. So yeah, don't, I mean, don't worry. Life keeps getting better. Uh, physically, I'm probably slowing down a bit at this point, but you know, as long as things keep getting better, it's all good. Totally. We'll revisit this in five years. I might be like, well, you know, this sucks. But so far, (laughs) just great. Getting older is great. Hell yeah. Uh, Well, welcome everybody to the podcast. Today, we're going to talk about what it's like to basically play flesh and blood in the great city of Portland, Oregon. Me and Isaac and some buds. Went up to Portland for the last couple of weekends to punch our tickets to Road to Nationals or regular Nationals. And we're just going to talk about those experiences and those communities and uh, thoughts on meta, draft, etc. And uh, yeah. But before we get to that, we have some news. Isaac, lead us off with the news. Pablo Pintor has axed another hero essentially (laughs) and old him has hit living legend and in the next band and restricted announcement right after this rtn season old him will no longer be legal in classic constructed so at the end of this pod we'll probably like go into a little bit the repercussions of this and you know what we think the meta might look like going forward but the the short and sweet of it is as we all know old him has been a huge gatekeeper or influence in the meta for a very long time and um without that you know uh stonewall deck um you know things could change quite a bit indeed uh and we'll get into that uh a little bit later but shout out to pablo pintor nicest guy just straight murderer it's great awesome yeah i hope he doesn't pick up one of my heroes (laughs) yeah if he does it's okay you know it'd just be cooler if he can do three in a row rather than uh just two you know speaking of pro tour stuff the u.s nationals location has been announced and it's in vegas baby at the end of august and uh it's gonna be 230 degrees but we're gonna be inside playing cards so it'll be totally yep. fine. Convention center AC battling 2000 hot bodies. You know, as we duke it out playing cards, there'll be a awesome calling and I'm sure tons of side events along with it. And we are very excited because this is a West coast ish event. Yeah. Which is super great. Uh, my life is just like, and we'll get into this in the pod a little bit more, but Jesus, it's just so hard to play flesh and blood with my work schedule. <laughs> it's like 
just always like a week or two off for me to really be able to like play. So hopefully it changes in the near future and I can play a little bit more. Yeah. I've definitely learned as my first competitive game really of any kind, how much of a priority you have to make the game, right? Cause it's one thing to have yeah. a hobby or play a game or do a sport or whatever. Um, but yeah, if you want to, if you want to play competitively or make events or whatever, it's like really, you know, as we know, we find out about things not last minute, but a little later than might be convenient for planning. And, you know, again, this just has to be put at the forefront, which neither of us are really able to do. So, um, yeah, it's a bit unfortunate, but it is what it is. Yeah. We were talking about it this weekend and it's like, if you were single and in your twenties, you would be the best player in the world. It'd be so easy to play flesh and blood. You know what I mean? And a great way to <laughs> remain single also. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have less money for all these plane tickets in your twenties, but you know, uh, I, I do, I do get your point. Yeah. No. Uh, moving forward. We have some spoilers. Uh, I don't know how much I want to get into these, but I think the big thing here is uh, unity is like a thing, which is when you block with two cards from hand, something cool happens, which I think is really cool design space. Yeah, definitely. There have been a number of spoilers. Go check them out. I'm sure you have already. Um, But yeah, I really appreciate um, the creation of unity because it it's like another incentive for kind of mid-range play maybe or you know to mm-hmm. block um, as opposed to just five card hands bashing each other which the game has not been for a bit now but um, just a, another layer of depth in terms of like how to use your cards um, you know and and be rewarded for that defensively I think is like pretty cool Agreed. And it's like, makes CNC a little worse. You know what I mean? Which yeah. I think is a good thing uh, to de-incentivize that a little bit, uh, which which is really cool. What's really interesting, though, is to see like how many heroes are going to get these because they're all specializations so far. You know? Yeah. Yeah, so it's like everybody going to get one or is it just going to be kind of the Solana demonastery adjacent heroes that are in this crazy war? Yeah. And if this is a, you know, Solana or light hero exclusive, then is there a, a similar, you know, ability available to like shadow heroes or to like other heroes, or is there a, or, you know, is this just special, special to them? So, um, we, w- we will be curious to see how this plays out. Yeah, totally. And I'm enjoying the dripping of spoilers because when it happens over the weekend in mass, it's too, it's too hard <laughs> for me to keep up and have a life and, uh yeah it's challenging it is weird when they come in shotgunned at 50 per day and you're (laughs) like your day is like really twitchy and disjointed because you're like on your phone for 
20% of the, you know, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't even know these were coming. So it's like, well, that's, that's a cool surprise. Yeah, it, it totally is. Love it. Hope they keep coming. I think there, maybe somebody said one's coming out tomorrow. So nice. we'll see tomorrow as of this recording in which we are doing in the past, there will be one coming out in the past <laughs> when this comes out. <laughs> um, all right. Well, you, uh, you got any shout outs from all your uh, flesh and blood time? I totally do. Uh, just, I think a lot of ours are the same, uh, but I'll just pick the two I put on there. Big shout out to my boy, Dylan. He's like, Hey, what's up? I'm a big hoop head too. I work for Adidas. Check out my cool Adidas fit. I play Azalea. And I was like, dude, you're so cool. And we hit it off and had a good time. And uh, yeah, great dude. Great energy. Would hang with him again. Nice. Yeah. I would say that for all the people in Portland that I got to hang out with. My next shout out is to... I think his name is Jacob. Oh, he listens to the pod. So if I got your name wrong, super sorry. But uh, he took a look at my registration sheet and was like, oh, I know your name. You get me through many hours of work. Thank you. And I was like, thanks, dude. Really appreciated that you listen and stuff. And he helped me kind of like make a slight decision in my second pod for draft. I thought I was like kind of drafting in a Zuri deck, but I kind of more had a uh arachne deck and that was a pivotal realization so that was great so nice yeah thank Thanks, you jacob great job yeah hopefully that's your name <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody's named jacob so yeah you know um yeah i have a couple of shout outs just um first of all thor hoffman who played azuri in one of my road to nationals um, I played him in the finals and he had a very cool, um, kind of adaptable, uh, but definitely could be a aggressive Uzuri deck that kind of caught me off guard. And I, I thought it, his play was dialed. He knew that deck very well. It was definitely in Uzuri main. And, uh, <laughs> um, Anyway, I just wanted to shout him out, and uh, we will be doing a deck tech with him mm -hmm. on that deck in a couple yeah. of days here. So look on our YouTube channel and uh, check that out. Totally. Thor's such a baller. Biked to the events, just a stud, you know, getting in his exercise before he gets his brain exercise in, mind, body, and soul all in harmony. Wow, great job. I didn't know that. Good for him. Totally. Nice. Um, my second shout out is to Natan Avivi Stool. I'm not sure how to say your last name. I'm sorry, but just a, a great player who judged the first event I played in. So putting in his work for his community, which is awesome. Did a great job judging. And then, um, I played him in Swiss and then in the quarterfinals of my second event. And he is a very, very strong, very tight Oldham player. So, um, great job, Natan. I'm sure you are a feared opponent in your scene. <laughs> yeah. And super chill dude. I played Nitan in the calling at worlds and he high rolled the ever loving shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was just like, 
just a just 10 damage you know just like a seven for ten seven for ten dominate you know something else pummel and i just was like dead so fast (laughs) it's like what is this fucking starvo (laughs) but super chill also a teacher math and physics so shout out to all my teacher homies it's great all right well unless you thought of anybody else off the top of your head I mean, right okay. Main topic here. Shout oh, out. Yeah. I do. Shout yes. out to Levi, local homie of ours. Yeah. Top aided three road to nationals in a row and lost round one in top eight every time. Brutal. Yeah. Very good play <laughs> and just very unfortunate. But hopefully he can make some more this season and go grab his invite because he deserves it. Yeah. He does. Yeah. He's very good. And just what a great sport. Yeah. Took it real well. But because he knows he's going to go win one soon. Yeah, right. totally. He's like just sending us messages like, anybody know by chance what the meta is in Reno? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be near there next weekend. So yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, totally. Good for him getting after it. All right. Well, now I'm going to slide us into the main topic. As we said, we're just going to talk about our road to nat season. Um, you know, what the meta looked like, what we think of it, some of our, you know, learning experiences and, um, you know, things we picked up on. And uh, then we're going to look forward a little bit and talk about what we expect coming up. Um, some of the organized play decisions and especially like with old him leaving, um, what this could mean for, for some of the heroes' performances moving forward. Heck yeah. Okay. Well, I'll just roll right into that then. So uh, we played, you played two CC uh, RTNs on two different heroes, and I played one RTN and one, or two RTNs, one draft, one CC. So how yeah. about you talk? briefly or at length whatever you want to do about both of those yeah so i played the weekend of the 20th and the 21st i was busy this past weekend and will be busy next weekend so that was the only weekend i could go and play so um four of us jetted up to portland um to play in two events making the the trip much more worth it and they were both cc events um and then taylor got to play the 27th and 28th this past weekend here um so my events were both cc um i am going to try as hard as i can to go to nationals this year but uh, due to my um my career or my vocation or whatever um i will most likely maybe 50 50 not be able to go which is kind Mm -hmm. of a bummer but um so going into it, I wasn't really sure what deck to play or, I mean, of course, like I wanted to qualify, but, um, you know, I, it was just in a weird place. Like I wanted to go to these events to play and have fun and I wanted to qualify, but I didn't think I get would get to go. And I like, I was <laughs> a few days beforehand, I had gone on this streak where I like, I kept playing just on Talishar against randoms, but I would play like 
you know, like two games of Lexi and I would like play Uzuri or something and lose. And then I'd be like, Ugh. Well, that <laughs> blows. yeah, I'm going to here. Let's switch. I, I love playing drum. I let's play drum. I, what am I doing? You know, just stick to your guns. And <laughs> I play drum. And I'd like play like I play against two Katsus in a row or something. And I'd be like, this literally isn't fun. I'm not having fun playing this board game. I love. So yeah, why drum is in a bad spot, you know? So then I'd, I'd switch to like Azalea and then like play old him and do my darndest. But this Talishar old him has like all the red staunches and everything. And anyway, so that was my little cycle right before this event. So I'm in a kind of a like salty, weird place. Like <laughs> I really just don't want to play kind of a number of matchups, but anyway, uh, I was very excited about this trip though. I'm, uh, I got to play at Baltimore, but besides that, I hadn't been playing much this year. Um, due to school and stuff so i was excited for the trip just to like hang with my friends you know drink some beers play some games played some track and uh and play a bunch of flesh and blood what's so, track do you mean trains yeah yeah ticket to ride <laughs> yeah ticket to ride play some track <laughs> play some trains i guess is what i meant to say <laughs> which is kind of our like go-to because like it's easy for people to learn but it's like very good for board gamers too so you know um so day one i i played azalea and i had a blast playing azalea i went four one and one uh my first round being against dash and that was my draw unfortunately um i was like unfortunately pretty hungover (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was stupid, <laughs> but um, both my opponent and I should have played faster. It was like definitely on both of us and just went to a draw. Um, so that kind of sucked, but, you know, was like my own fault or our own fault. Um, and then I ended up getting 13th out of, I don't know, however many, 40 or something, 40 something um, players at uh, four, one and one with the a uh, pretty awful, you know, breaker of a uh, round one draw. <laughs> yeah. But I did have a really good time playing Azalea. This is my first hero, my first love, and uh, her new tools are very exciting. And, you know, it's like, it's pretty aggressive and hits pretty hard and sometimes kind of linear, but you're also faced with some interesting decision points with having not played that deck in a while and, you know, extensively with the new upgrades was uh, just really enjoyable for me to play. Um, huge shout out to, uh, sorry, I, I did not look up his name before we started this cast, but <laughs> my last round of the day, I played a Katsu opponent who I hit with the red in the ledger. And then he played fog down against me. And my like, five pump and an arrow hand turned into a yellow spire sniping for four no <laughs> effects <laughs> no. i don't know if that's good tech or you know uh worth it or whatever but that time it was it was great timing and it really took me by surprise and i was like whoa that was that was awesome that's great. That's job. that's so dope. Appreciate like, hmm, I see you're red in the ledger. I'll raise you one fog yep. down, which is like yep. perfect when you get red in the ledger. Mm-hmm. 
Amazing. Watch Love it. For it. You too? Yes. It was hilarious. <laughs> so that was cool. Um, and then my, uh, my day two, I, I actually brought both decks and brought both lists um, to the shop and decided to play Dromai. Um, I don't know, like half an hour before the event started just because I kind of wanted to mix it up and uh, I love playing drum eye. My biggest dissuader, if that's a word from playing her was I just really didn't want to play Katsu and there were a number of Katsus at both events and you know both Katsu and Fi have kind of been on the up in this meta so for me I was like I love I like playing drum eye into every other matchup but um that's a strong word viz is pretty tough but still like playing dromai um just really didn't want to like pair into two katsus and like be o2 and be like well jam sucks you know yeah whatever um but i decided to switch over and play her and fortunately just like um i mean there were no katsus in upper tables so once i'd got a couple wins i was kind of out of that but um you know fortunate not to pair into any ninjas early on so Jem nice. helping me out a little bit. <clears throat> I um I played a few rounds and then I ended up playing Natan on old him. And our game went to time, unfortunately, and he conceded to me. Mm-hmm. Which at the time I was just like like very frazzled. Like that matchup is fine, but the the game clock is not made for that matchup, right? Like it's really, really hard to play it out fully within time. Unless like one of you kind of high rolls the other one. But, um, so anyway, I was like stressed about the clock and then I made a couple misplays because of that. And then I'm like stressed about my misplays and the clock and just trying to like, you know, play every turn and, you know, not, not that much time while managing all of these resources and pitch stacking and you know like remembrance and sequencing and all of this stuff so then we go to time and uh natan just like conceded and i was like what and uh after the fact i thought about it and i was like shit i'd like bungled an earlier play that's part of my win con and i think that he would have likely beat me if the game was untimed so i in all reality should have conceded to him and then i like kind of felt bad about it um but he was like less brain foggy and more just on it with what was happening and like offered first and um anyway so that was kind of like a bummer experience i was already like four and oh so i was already locked for top eight um so it didn't really matter it was just kind of a feel bad like i should have been more on it and um you know offered my opponent what would have likely been their victory um but that's okay um, because moving forward, I ended up playing him in the top eight anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I, I took a loss that day to Briar, our buddy Patrick in round six. Um, I did get deck checked and had made a mistake in my list. So I had an IP two, which should be <laughs> called an IP three because you play three turns with three cards, not two, <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> so i was like i was like very tired from playing draw my games to full time almost you know and then pretty tilted in that and anyway um i kind of made a misplay at the end but uh would have likely lost further on anyway um 
Friars Friars is very doable, but definitely not your most favored matchup. Um, so anyway, then I I went into top eight at five and one. I was the first seed, and I got paired into Muton, who was the eighth seed, um, which I felt pretty good about because. I'm not sure if he felt this way, but I was like, oh, this is good because we can like replay our match and he can get his vengeance or right. we can like play it out and then see who actually wins and then whoever does moves forward. And then, you know, like an hour and 40 minutes later or whatever and (laughs) moving through whatever, 72 cards becomes six cards in deck or something and I won. But um, I was very, I was very glad for this uh, matchup because the old him versus Dromai matchup is personally my favorite in the game. Um, there's like a lot of levels of skills and things you have to execute, um, and it's not unique in this, right? I mean, there's like like Icelander mirrors and stuff are also very complex. But this one, personally for me, I feel like I'm very good at, and it's very interesting. And I was like happy to play it. Now the old him is living hitting living legend i was able to like play it competitively against a very good opponent for the you know potentially last time it was pretty good too natan had some like like one time i played a vinny on a red dust and he he had a piece of armor and a d react in arsenal to block it so i didn't strip any more cards which is pretty baller and then <laughs> another power play i played out like whatever Miragai, asvali something passing or whatever i'm like yes we're doing it swarm you know <laughs> and then he plays like what do you play like rouse zealous hammer and just like cleared my whole board and this is like late in the game you know um so it was a very it was a very good back and forth um very good like pitching counter pitching you know style game um which i really enjoyed hell yeah so yeah uh just getting to experience that at a competitive level again, you know, kind of for the last time before we move forward was very enjoyable for me. Sorry to everybody else in top eight who had to wait for our game to end, <laughs> but um, yeah, then I, I went on, I played uh, Lexi and then the war on Uzuri to win the road to nets and uh, hell yeah. Got an invite and a uh, Jubile. Yay. And that's that. <laughs> That was my RTN experience. <laughs> um, yeah, and then the so the next weekend, right? There was more road to nats up north. Um, I couldn't make it. A couple of our buddies still could, and Taylor was free. Hell yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> uh, the one I went to, um was on Saturday at Gone Guy Gaming, uh, 60 people, so it was pretty big. And I felt pretty good. This was like a real theory uh, day or experience for me. So like we didn't have our usual like testing team that we've done for like preparing for events so i ba- i was just basically playing on talishar and pick up games with like patrick and levi if i could and uh so i wanted to see how well that prepared me for the event and it did 
okay. Like, I think I spent a little bit too much time prepping with um, the fatigue contract Azuri list. And I, I now believe just the kind of more red heavy Azuri list. I played Azuri. Uh, the more red heavy Azuri list is just better across the board in a lot of your matchups. Um, so that's what I brought. And I really wish I had like a little bit more time to be a little bit. There were like still a number of questions I had about the deck and wasn't like super, super psyched on my 80. I was like pretty psyched on like 75 cards. Anyway. Uh, Uzuri games can go longer also. Yeah, totally. uh, Just that turns into more decision points over the day. So, yeah. Uh, but I felt good coming into the event, but then round one, we were kind of playing the game and I was like, Oh fuck. I am so rusty. I haven't played in a competitive event since worlds. And so there was just like a level of vision or jitters or whatever have you, you know, you just, just, uh, rust. And I made a number of mistakes. <laughs> Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Thanks, Hilda. Uh, I made a number of mistakes that were kind of like uncharacteristic. And I was playing against Alexi, and it should have been a matchup. I 100% won. Like a lot of little things. Like uh, I get a early death touch off, you know, just the full value. Boom comes in for six and I sit there and think for a second. I'm like, and it's like turn two. I'm like, there's no way he has three of a kind. I should hit, hit him with inertia. And then it'll be easier for me to just like kind of be in control of this game. So I chose inertia and guess what he had three of a kind. And if I had chose frailty, which maybe I should just like always choose, but I just like got in my head about it. uh, Then I get like less, blown out that turn and then dumb stuff like didn't block with black text let a drill shot hit he put a counter on black text like just little inefficiencies like that and then this is my last gripe about that uh that match is i think my opponent did one of the faux pas of games where you say good game and then uh proceed to tell your opponent all of the mistakes they made so that they could win it next time. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I know I lost this game and made mistakes and would love to play you again right now and prove that I fucking know what I'm doing. So let that be a reminder to everybody. Just tell them thank you for the game and good luck, you know? And if they ask, yeah, go ahead. You can be excited about the game and the matchup and like, thoughts from both sides of the play and stuff but you know it's definitely um, up to you to read the situation also like if your opponent's like oh yeah I thought I could have done this better or, like really engages or whatever it's like yeah then you're having a conversation about it but if you're you know if your opponent's like bummed out or um, you know not that chatty about it telling them about all this is probably not not quite where you want to be yeah totally so it's like 
give them advice if they ask for it. Like, what could I have done better? Or what do you think the mistakes were? You know, mm-hmm. don't just solicit it freely or whatever. So, which then like in this meta, like was not great for Azuri. Cause like, and I blame you because you won with Dromai, but it was the most represented deck at this RTN. And then I instantly got paired into a Dromai. Which that game was pretty close. I think I could have won. My opponent made a mistake and like blocked with an Asvali and blocked with a burn them all. And so once I got, once I killed the other two Asvalis and the other two burn them alls like left, um, there was like definitely a window, but it's still like, uh, can be really, really, really challenging. Um, yeah, and then like interestingly, yeah. in my couple weekends, there were only two Dromai's in each event, I think. And only a couple old hymns also, I think, but it was very like Lexi Azalea Katsu heavy mm-hmm. and like some briars and, you know, like all the normal meta stuff, but just maybe a bit heavier on Lexi Azalea Katsu and like a bit less heavy on Dromai and old hymn. And then uh, this local scene like shifted pretty dramatically just um, into the next week. Yeah, totally. Uh, which I wasn't really expecting. So anyway, uh, then I go on a little bit of a streak and then hit another Dromai and then like lose. So I was hoping to like have a little bit of a comeback and uh, wind up like, you know, four and two, some a little bit more respectable and like win out for the day. But Dromai in my last round uh said no 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 and it was like the defensive dromai which is like the worst so (laughs) which is okay uh the stupidest dromai (laughs) (laughs) and you know and that matchup's like so bad it's like you can make like a number of mistakes like forget the first five counters on ghostly hands ghost hands and it didn't matter, you know, so blah, blah, blah. So CC was okay. I was happy once I kind of got in the groove after that first loss, like the, you know, really focused me. And then we, I just played much better and, uh, the deck felt, felt way better in that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, so that was That's my good. experience. Yeah, yeah. I definitely felt like even so I didn't get to play at all for like four months, right? I like yeah. barely played, but having gone to Baltimore yeah. and playing with a very different list with a very different strategy oftentimes was still huge in prepping me for this road to Nats because I got to play like eight highly competitive CC games that like yeah. really warmed me up and got me yeah. dialed in like in-person live play against the best opponents. And like I realized as I was playing and after that, I was like, Wow, not even the same list or like what, but it's just like right. like night and day that yeah that, that prep. So yeah, totally. Yeah, it would have been nice. Um, and then I wish I had like if I had CC again the next day, that would have been so great because then I really would have been warmed up and uh, felt felt good about my life. But then it was draft, which was fine. I was like, you know what, draft is the great equalizer. This is awesome. And then uh, I got bamboozled in the first pod 
also i have to i'm sitting like at the head of the table and thor's sitting at the foot of the table and i'm like great i have to play like a super good opponent round one in this thing (laughs) better draft good and so the draft is going fine i'm staying open and then pick four red descendant gus wave is in the pack and i'm like huh is like everybody to my right not playing ninja that's pretty crazy should i pick that no i i'm gonna kind of hedge my bets and pick a uh like I think I picked Red Hurl, so just like you know, a hybrid card, uh, you know that's better. And that was also part of the signal. And then Red uh, Surging Strike comes, and I'm like, okay, Ninja's super open. Boom, take that. Then Yellow Surging Strike comes. I'm like, awesome. This is going great. I'm rewarded for being open. I'm doing so good. And then it was like, cut. So I'm like, huh. And we drafted Belgium packs. So I was like, well, maybe these Belgium packs are like being weird. I'm going to kind of maybe then pick some more hybrid cards or whatever, you know. So it was like I wound up in this really weird in-between place and was really struggling to put like a deck together, Uh, which it kind of came together like I had an I wound up with an okay Benji list, but like not a lot of the starters you want. You know what I mean? I had to make do with like a lot of generics. So it would be like things like uh, Kadachi, Rabble, uh, cut down to size, you know, stuff like that. No like mm-hmm. crazy amounts of damage or whatever. And then I, I, I wound up playing the person who was passing to me and they were also in Ninja. Oh yeah, and in the same pack in that same first round somehow, or it's like a third third pack, Mask of Many Faces just like shows up, but I'm like struggling for cards so much that I'm like and it's like late. It's like pick seven, you know what I mean? In pack three. So I'm like or whatever. Whatever it's like has likely to like wheel to me. I'm like, okay, I'll pick this card. Somebody already has their mask. It'll wheel. And then it like doesn't. And like that in the descendant, I wish I had picked uh, because my deck would have been like a few percentage points better. But the guy who was passing to me was also playing Ninja. And I was, and I asked him, I was like, why did you let those three cards go? And he was like, yeah, I, I don't know. And I was like, okay, sweet. No. So like I play Thor round one and like, it's a good game, but his card quality is just like better than mine. So I have no hope. And I'm like, okay, it's fine. We can just go two one now. And then in my second game, I just made like a huge mistake. Like two, two of them back to back. I like blocked the turn in a way to where I would have snake left in hand and I had a threadbare tunic and I was like, sweet, I'll be able to play this, keep tempo. Nope, can't play it. So I have to arsenal it, huge mistake because I definitely could have like had a slightly better turn and taken a little bit of damage to keep that tempo. And then I have a stupid freaking yellow brush off in my hand and he comes in with a two powered attack on his combat chain. This guy was also in Ninja. Um, And then I don't block it with the brush off. I like for some reason use a different card 
And then for the next two attacks, I'm just praying. I'm like, please be low power. Please be low power. And then it's not. And then I like die. And I'm just like, oh my God, I'm terrible. This sucks. Why did I do this? And then I just like steeled myself and was like, I'm not losing again. So then I win the last round. I get into pod three or like the the second draft pod. And I'm like, okay, there's like a tiny chance in hell if I 3-0 this fucking thing, I can get into top eight somehow because there's like a whole other pod and somebody could go 0-3, blah, blah, blah. You know, like draft is is not the like rocket ship sometimes CC can be, you know? <clears throat> and this draft goes like, be- definitely better for me but there was like i had to make a conscious choice of like my first pack was flooded with ranger cards like more than one red arrow and stuff and so i let those go to stay open to see what happens because i was like if i pick one of these my opponent might th- think it's still open and then the next pack had another like red arrow and a red pump and i was like oh 100 i just sent ranger signals i'm just gonna let everybody to my left know ranger is open and pick some other stuff you know um and so i kind of like tried to i didn't know if i forced but i was just definitely picking uh assassin cards but then they like got a little weird and had to i had a brief freak out and pivot to ninja and then i was like what am i doing pivot pivot back well, also because like the guy passing to me, I talked to him during my game. He was like, "Yeah, I kind of waffled, also, so it made me waffle." Uh, but then I stayed. I stayed in Assassin and was really rewarded in Pack Two, and had a pretty decent Arachne deck. It wasn't like uh, red stealth cards, but it was like enough go again into like a six power attack. I had like enough of those to like really make it work and stuff. And I just played like out of my mind, like uh, round one, I win round two. I'm playing the guy who was passing to me and he's on riptide and I have to just YOLO for this win. First I have, and I want to talk more about uh, a little bit on draft or whatever, but I have fisticuffs and I have, a blue and red death touch in arsenal and i i go i think to myself like well i either and i've i also had like i have no attack reactions except for two yellow short and sharps during my weird waffle into (laughs) into ninja and i'm like man these are just not the best but at least uh, they're yellow and i can pinch pitch them late and so rather than going dagger into death touch i just go death touch to floating and he blocks for exacts and i just have to go okay well if he has the d react here i can't do uh fisticuffs which is fine which means he'll only have two cards in hand and I can probably handle that or he doesn't see this play. I hit him with fisticuffs and I give him a blood rot 
and he either dies or he has to either pitch a blue and only has one card or he has two cards that he has to pitch. So he blocks for Xaxes, doesn't have the D react, and I and I fisticuffs him. I fisticuffs him and find out he doesn't have the D react. So now he's like mm-hmm. off of an arsenal for sure, which was great because I went to one to do this play basically <laughs> uh, nice. to get your three zero. <laughs> well, just to go two zero and oh, gotcha. I was like seventy percent sure he didn't have a trap, but I didn't remember and so i just go dagger for one (laughs) at one and he blocks it with one card and i've pitch stacked my double short and sharps and so i have to go short and sharp short and sharp because he blocks for three right so i have to get to five and he's at two to kill him and i just sit there just like bullets of sweat and he goes yeah that's it you got me and i don't he doesn't have the trap and i don't die it was incredible game I was like so nervous, but then this is the t- shitty part is then I have to play in the final round of three. Oh, this bad boy, Alex, shout out to Alex, uh, who I've played in, uh, like pre-releases and stuff before. Uh, I have to play the person I passed all of the good Ranger cards to. So now I have to face the deck that yep. <laughs> I basically made. And it's it's a really good game. I thankfully win the dice roll and go first, which I waffled. I was like, maybe I go second. No, I should probably go first, uh, which was, I think, the right call because he had uh, – it was only the right call because of his choice. Um, he I only had 32 cards, and I think he had 37. And the game did go to fatigue, but he blocked out – my first hand was just dog dog water poo poo pants i couldn't do hardly anything and it just was like red destructive deliberation and pitching some like good cards to the bottom and he blocked with three cards so now he's only at 34 cards when he like gets to attack me which wound up being like pretty pivotal and that game went down to the freaking wire it was crazy i drew like a a nothing hand i had to do all of the stuff to to beat him like i thought i had also pitch stacked my short and sharps and he was tracking my pitch so what happened was i got a ponder token off of something somehow i forget the specifics and i draw into my one copy of red scout the periphery and i go fuck this card does nothing if i arsenal it <laughs> like absolutely nothing so I won't do that. But what I've realized now is that, because I just didn't want it to be like a nothing card or stuck in my arsenal or some shit. Mm-hmm. If I had arsenaled it, I would have drawn into my double short and sharps, which would have been sweet. But instead, I only drew into one of them. And my hand kind of has this dumb red scout, the periphery in it also. So I don't have like enough resources. So I have to go like blue feisty locals. and he double (laughs) he double blocks it and i only have one short and sharp and i'm like dang it so i use fleet foot sandals to give it go again and then like dagger which takes a a third card so now he only has two cards and i get an arsenal of short and sharp and he just has like a wild i know and then he just has like a mopey (laughs) turn i I can block with just one card and he just like ran out of cards and i beat him 
but it was like so stressful because I also had to tank a little bit of damage to go to like two and I'm like I'm I'm so dead to a dominated arrow oh it's so terrible but we got there and I 3-0'd the second pod and didn't top eight but earned my self-respect back and just played out of my mind flesh and blood which was really fun so there you go yeah yeah i think draft is like it's beautiful in this way too but it's so hard because like i mean we've seen consistently like competitive very skilled draft players perform consistently but just like in my personal experience it's you know sometimes it's tough like a draft can get like fairly train wrecked by like it seems like you know multiple players forcing different ways or multiple players like waffling or switching kind of late or you know there's like all these fluid things that happen and your performance and deck building is so intertwined with other players performance and deck building that it you know that's why it's so good but it's also very scary to play because you know like you said in your first draft you like uh you know got derailed a bit and you know um you know maybe learn some things or whatever but it's like if you got to play it again you probably kill it but the moment's gone you know totally yeah uh crazy experience draft i have some thoughts about outsiders draft you know sure you want to get into that sure unless you have any thing else you want to talk about or anything nope <laughs> that's what we're here for that's what we're, we're here for talking about our thoughts and you know on what's going on now and at other times <laughs> totally uh so yeah draft so outsiders draft i think is just okay is how i feel now i really only want to play like in or i really only enjoy playing three of the six heroes which hasn't been the case in a lot of the other drafts like even though uprising was like not as great of a draft it was much more fun to i think play all three characters you know uh and in like tales i loved playing all the characters monarch etc you know all of that stuff so but outsiders i don't really like playing like three of the heroes and then i've come to i think the conclusion that the only uh equipment you need or want is fisticuffs threadbare tunic Fleetfoot sandals and any headpiece that blocks. That's like it, you know, like I don't really like the interaction with seekers equipment and like a peace of mind. Cause it's just like kind of negative tempo that like maybe doesn't buy you any sort of breathing room unless it's like maybe against Azalea, but like against most other decks or maybe Azuri, it still sucks. You know what I mean? So agreed. I don't like that combo. Yeah, totally. 
So I like didn't draft a single peace of mind, but like people were gobbling them up like hotcakes, you know? So I don't know. Outsiders draft to me, gameplay, totally fine. It's a lot of fatiguing, which is kind of weird. Uh, unless you have like the Azalea deck or maybe the Katsu or Benji deck or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <clears throat> I would not maybe put at this point outsiders in my top three drafts sets. That's how I feel. Those are my finishing gotcha. thoughts. Yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like I still have a lot to learn about it. So I'm undecided in that department. Like, um, I think Yuha on Arsenal Pass talked about this a bit or unlimited time only. Um, how sure. a lot of the cards or a lot of the generic cards have like very specific roles. Like there are all these like um pro players or content creators or whatever, you know, ranking cards early. Like uh one of my favorite favorite examples is like red virulent touch. Like, oh, this card's great. You can even pack one, pick one or whatever. But yeah. You know, it turns out there's so many of these cards that seem like better in some decks or worse than some, but like kind of broadly applicable or kind of open that are really not right. Like, so now that I've played a few drafts with the set, it's like red virulent touch, even like red feisty locals. Um, some of these cards are just like to me, they're like you know, one star in some decks. And kind right. of like four five stars and others, but just yeah. like noticeably like bad. Um so even a lot of the like quote unquote good cards in the set being like kind of role players, only good in like very specific circumstances, has made it um kind of a steep learning curve for me to learn how to draft the set. Um so I feel like maybe once I have all of the cards more dialed. I'll kind of come to a conclusion about, you know, how good I feel the draft set is. But for me, I feel like in some of my drafts, I've been like, you know, like unsure how to read if, you know, Uzuri is being drafted because they just pick generics and then go for assassin cards. But I don't know if there were like red sixers in the packs or if they were just like, blue generics and nobody's on Uzuri. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. And then the um the delicate role of role of the cards has made it, you know, kind of technical and kind of difficult. Um I do agree with some of the sentiments of what you're saying, but I'm uh I'm gonna withhold my opinion until I like because I, I I've shared some of your frustrations and like you know, some frustrations with drafting the set, but, um, you know, we'll see how I feel after a while. Yeah. I mean, the design of the set, the, the cards I like the most are like, or that I think are really good. Like cut down to size is awesome. That was like, I had two of those in my Arachne deck and it was so good. I had one in Benji too, because it's like anybody who's, trying to hold on to their cards just like can't and then mm-hmm. things like i like i really like feisty locals because that punishes players who are trying to block you know or like 
freewheeling renegades actually is like maybe pretty good the red one because like if they're holding their cards you just get max value you know what i mean so there's like those generics that are designed in that way i think are really cool um but on the whole it's like i just don't I don't know why I would want to play Ninja over one of the Assassins or a really good Azalea deck, which that only comes around when you can like pick up some pumps like really early and then get some red arrows. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah. Ninja, yeah, like Ninja, especially Katsu is one of the only decks in this format that can kind of go above rate because i do i agree with you like it's uh a lot of the games or a lot of the matchups do kind of go to fatigue or fatigue-esque and i think it's like a fine line for lss between like because a lot of people complained about how aria was you know way more explosive than like um you know the wtr style and like how that was maybe a negative thing or like how Phi was so good in uprising, but you know, now we have one where maybe they're not walking the line perfectly and maybe decks are just a little bit too weak. And so too many, um, you know, too many rounds go to fatigue and it just feels a bit grindy sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but I do know that, that Katsu is like, you can kind of break the game in that way where like, it's actually a deck that can go kind of, pretty highly above rate and uh just beat your opponent through you know through their blocks which is fairly rare in this set totally but that like katsu deck that comes around like that is excuse me pretty rare also oh yeah definitely yeah it does feel like um how the how the cards are distributed it's like Yes, you can break the game with like Azalea or or even Riptide or Katsu, right? But if everybody's kind of playing their seat or if everything's kind of even, it's like I almost want to just be in Assassin, unfortunately. Yeah. You know. Um, so that's it's like kind of the default unless you really identify that you like you're the one Riptide or you're the one Azalea. Um right. which I don't know. It's not so bad. Like the last draft set was like completely on rails. So yeah, I've been enjoying the the change. Yeah, totally. I do enjoy that about it. It just is tough. Like, you know, if I have to play Riptide or uh, Katsu, like I'm just not, I'm not stoked, you know, and that's just a personal mm-hmm. preference of mine. So um and people yeah. can totally disagree with me, and that's like totally fine, you know. Well, so then, what do you think about um, moving away from outsiders, which we haven't really got to draft very much, and using Monarch for nationals instead? I mean, I think it's awesome. Monarch is one of my favorite sets. You know, uh, it's a nice. really I mean, it definitely has its problems, you know, like you get Dread Scythe and your deck's OP. You know what I mean? You get Luminaris, deck's OP. Uh, Even maybe V of the Vanguard is like 
just such a huge card, you know? It's like relatively easy to do like 20 damage, <laughs> you know, with that bad yep. boy. So it, uh, there are some like things you have to know or like, you know, it, it can be really, really explosive like that. But there's like the equipment is super good. Like everybody's class equipment, like uh, hooves, dream weavers, uh, aether iron weave, gallantry gold. Like those are must picks if you're in that hero. They're just like super, super, super good. I think that's really cool. And like, yeah, all all of the equipment in that set is really cool. And there's a lot of interesting interactions between like a lot of cards that are really good. And the gameplay is pretty intricate. Like you have to be able to pitch stack as chain and remember it and like make sure you have enough go again. And Levia, you have this like delicate dance where you're like waiting to go off and just freaking murder your opponent. Prism, you're like gotta get cards and soul, but also have a spectral shield so you have a weapon and then protect that spectral shield because then you don't have a weapon if you don't have one, you know? And Bolton has like these cool pop-off turns and then this like cool mid-range plan where you can like do a three for seven and not lose a card from deck, you know? Gallantry gold into uh, axe axe is three for seven. So you like don't have to lose tempo and stuff. So there's like a lot of cool interactions like that in Monarch that I'm excited to get back into, you know? Nice. Yeah. See, I Monarch is not one of my favorite sets to draft. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm, and I understand like a lot of players got into the game like after Monarch or at Monarch and didn't draft it for some reason. Um, or maybe we're in lockdown or something, but so for me, just personally, not that anybody else should feel this way, but for me, I have been enjoying outsiders and I could draft it competitively. I don't know about how many more times, but a few more times. Yeah. So for me, I feel like kind of bummed that outsiders is now just dead and we're going back to Monarch a set which I drafted plenty of and don't like particularly care for, you know? Um, but I'm sure it's like, you know, I think that most of the community is kind of with you. Like they really liked drafting Monarch or they haven't really drafted it. So right. they're looking forward to getting, in, you know? Right. Totally. And like all things in flesh and blood, I feel like we're the minority. You know what I mean? We have to drive seven right. hours to Portland to, to play you know or whatever and yeah. blah 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 so uh yeah, yeah which is which is definitely very possible so anyway uh wrapping up road to nats for myself no invite which is totally fine you know uh it's definitely the least prepared i've been for road to nats in the our history and i'm okay with it you know what I mean? It is kind of a bummer that it's finally really close and doable, but it's also like potentially at a really poor time uh, for me because it's like the first weekend of school. So I, I don't even know if that's possible yet. So it's all good. You know, it's all good. But congrats to you on taking down an RT and on drill my hashtag dragon daddy. 
dragging me daddy <laughs> and uh so if you I just, if, uh yeah i love that deck thank you <laughs> yeah and if anybody's interested in isaac's uh current dromai list we have it uh on the youtube page and just kind of the um what am I saying? The audio version of it is in the RSS feed. So you can go check that out if you would like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so just to round us out here a little bit, um, do you have any kind of closing thoughts on just your experience in this meta? Like it was like fairly open and fairly even at my road to Nats. And, uh, you know, kind of what the meta looks like moving forward. Do you have any like dark horses or standouts, maybe obvious standouts with the old him leaving? Um, well, for one, I, you know, LSS has been doing their road to nationals articles and those have been pretty lackluster in my, uh, opinion, no real data no hard to read pie charts or anything yeah. like that. Just kind of mediocre, like mediocre. <laughs> I would say the, uh, <laughs> I, I think that's uh Joe, right? Or, yeah. Not yeah. Mad Max. Yeah. yeah. But from the, from the film. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so that has been like kind of a mopey part of road to nationals. And, you know, the only meta I'm really familiar with is Portland now. So, uh, Viscerai looks like a really good deck. Uh, we did have a Viscerai top eight, I think. I'm pretty sure. Um, so if like Dromai and Azuri are going to be the two most represented decks, uh, Viscerai gains a lot of stock because he poo poos on Azuri quite hard. Um, and I think he feels pretty good into Dromai also. Yep. So, but then if, if then, you know, and then old him leaving, you know, it's just weird. I don't know if there is a, a BNR after road to Nats, but before whatever the new set is, what's the new set called? Why am I blanking? Dusk till dawn. Dusk till dawn. Right. Or dawn till dusk. <laughs> D to D. <laughs> down to dick uh <laughs> the so i don't know if there's one right before that comes out i think that's where it is and i don't know if they'll do one like right after road to nets so we have like a weird one month time without old him but let's say it's magical christmas land and after road to nets they're like okay update old him's gone so like battle hardened la is like a fresh format which would be pretty sick mm -hmm. so like you know dromai i think goes down because you can play more aggressive decks because old him is around you know um but who yeah, knows I agree. yeah old go him is not easy but yeah more aggro is even less easy so yeah i completely agree with you there and yeah what like i think you know what you're talking about is spot on there's like uh there's all these kind of rock paper scissors or like counters to each other still they're just not like the top three decks doing it in a circle yeah it's kind yeah. of like spread across like more decks right so then like if viscerai pops out 
All of a sudden, Viscerai is really good. I had to think about it a moment today. I was like, wait a minute. Why hasn't Viscerai always been good? What's good? Oh, yeah. Icelander. <laughs> yeah. You know, and like. It, exactly. So, yeah, it's kind of rock, paper, scissors, like across the meta. Yep. So, yeah. Anyway. Sorry. Yeah. Keep going. Well, that's just the math, right? Is like, well, if just Dromai and Azuri stay kind of well represented with Lexi, then like Viscerai's stock goes up. And if that takes any part of that pie, then Icelander stock goes up. You know what I mean? Um, so we'll just see what happens. You know, I don't know what kind of fatigue-ish or control-y or long game plan deck comes back around. Maybe it's Arachne, contract Arachne comes back to just freaking assassinate your whole deck. Who knows? Yeah. You know, I don't, you know, I think people are going to complain if they haven't already about like old him is gone who's gonna stop all of the aggro decks from running everybody over you know and like it was the same thing when prism was gone it's like how is old him not just gonna fully fatigue everybody all of the time and it was like none of those things didn't happen so Mm -hmm. it's gonna be fine that's what i have to say Zuri is like pretty good into lexi yeah, etc. as a a very different type of you know fatigue-esque deck or defensive deck right yeah disruptive it's a disruptive yeah. deck for sure yeah yeah um yeah i think one of the chief questions still right is like lexi um part of the reason i played azalea day one is i really wanted to play that deck but also it's like pretty good into lexi right yeah um, Super good. There's a number of dicks or decks. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Got him. Oh, Freudian slip there. (laughs) Taylor's naked on the screen. You can't see, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And every time Uh, Isaac talks, I stand up and go and wiggle back and forth. Yeah. So I finally, finally got through. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, our editor will take all that out, so no worries. He totally um, will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that um, you know, Lexi has a lot of weaknesses, right? Like um <laughs> shit. I got really derailed about our little like derailment there. But <laughs> Lexi has a lot of weaknesses like Azalea and Uzuri, and even kind of decks like um maybe Briar or even potentially Visrai, if they're kind of built to be like blocking well or defensive, right? Um, and I'm not saying that, you know, all these decks are favored in Alexia or whatever, but she does have some like pretty good weaknesses, but still as it stands, she might be the de- best deck um, now that old him's gone. So whatever you play, right? Like if somebody's like, if Katsu's stock's going up because old him's gone or whatever, you know, whatever you kind of you still have to have a good matchup into lexi or a decent one right um so yeah i think things are shifting and you know moving around but it's like there's still that like because before it feels like you know old him dromai and lexi are kind of the gatekeepers right and um i think that lexi being the most popular of those and very much still around and like maybe not losing out too much with the departure of old him um she'll still be very present and kind of maybe gatekeeping uh who can rise yeah totally 
I mean, and it's all just theory at this point, and we'll see what truly happens. I do hope we get a brand new meta for Battle Hardened LA in this kind of time leading up to uh, D2D. And because uh, that would just be really fun, you know? It is great <sighs> when we have like an isolated tournament that falls between metas. Yeah. You know, there, I think there's a before kind of rarely. Yeah. There's like, I think a, a number of them that will, hmm. that are happening in that zone. So nice. Maybe a calling. I don't know. I don't have all of these things memorized, but I'm 70% sure, which was good enough to not die to a trap in round two of <laughs> the second draft pod. So could be fine this time too. All right, well, moving into our uh, signature segments. I don't know if that was echoey at all, but I tried. Well, we'll fix it in post, baby. <laughs> all right. Uh, first signature segment of the day is riddle me this. So my riddle me this <laughs> this time is eloquence tokens. Am I right? There's like so many cards in the game that I won't get into each of them, but the balance they put on them is no go again. So all of these cards, right? Like Toma Findall or like fog down or, you know, whatever, like this goes on and on of like cards that are very restricted by you playing a non-attack action and then your turn ending, right? Because those are inherently not an attack, right? So you're just playing something that doesn't attack your opponent and then your turn ends. Um, having eloquence tokens get us around this seems insane i understand that you still have to create one and then immediately after capitalize on it with one of these cards which are probably very bad when you don't have an eloquence token but to me this opens up kind of a huge um area of possibility in deck building for anyone who can get their grubby little mitts on an (laughs) eloquence token yeah great riddle me this i mean we'll see if anybody else outside of shiana makes it Mm -hmm. you know what i mean uh so if that's not the case then i'm not worried about it and if it is isn't the case or it becomes the case i'm still not worried about it you know what i mean yeah it's gonna be fine we'll see it's it's all gonna be fine I'm I'm ready oh, for some was, fucking uh, broken shit. I'm ready. Let's do this. Nice. Let's Taylor's just played some outsiders draft and is ready for ramping it up a notch. Totally. Let's I just want to feel something. You know what I mean? <laughs> just want to be turned on in this game. <sighs> Let's go. All right. Well, <laughs> that was uh an isolated instance of Shiana me this, our famous segment. <laughs> and uh, moving into uh, board game from the closet. Here at the Attack Action Podcast, we like to play many different board games. And uh, sometimes we like to share one of those with you. This might not be the best game in the world or our favorite game, but it's one we really enjoyed and thought that maybe you would as well. This episode's board game from the closet is Taylor's board game. Yes, it is I, Taylor, and it is my turn for a game. Crisscross, it's not a board game. It's the game all of the world is playing right now. It's 
The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, or as I like to call it, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 colon Tears of the Kingdom. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Are you deep in that rabbit hole as well? Uh, I am pretty deep. My wife, Maria, who is a person in her own right, is much deeper than I am. But the game is so good. It's so crazy fun. Uh, At first, I was like, well, it's not on a new Switch hardware. It looks very similar to Breath of the Wild. How much cooler could this be? And how much more of a game could it really be? And it turns out it is 1,000 times cooler and three times as large. So I will not be buying new video games for the next decade. Um, (laughs) It's just so fun. Like I've done zero story and have just been dicking around. Just like, oh, what's over here? Oh, sweet. Shrine. Go do a shrine. Solve this puzzle in the most fun way possible I can. And then like go around and be like, oh, what's this weird thing? Oh, sweet. It's a little Korok dude. What's up? Got another seed. That's fun. Go over here. What's this thing? I'm also like on uh, Elden Ring mode where I'm putting all of my stats into stamina and none into hearts. So I'm just like, oh, nice. You know, playing it on high. Yeah, exactly. You got to dodge. You got to parry. (laughs) You got to set up interesting traps. You know, The, the coolest thing I've seen is just like all of the crazy machines people have made, you know, just out there making stuff. Like I've seen players who've made like gigantic traps. So like you can lure a bunch of enemies to like a tasty piece of meat. And then you just put this like cage over them and then shoot your arrow to start the cage death machine. It's just like a spinning wheel of fire and laser beams and it just mows down all of the enemies and you just like walk around and do that like so funny you know what i mean and because they allow you to have all of these like tools to create stuff and stick stuff together and do all of this shit and it's so fun when you give people like kind of uh what's the word it's not limitless but it is like many tools to be creative with and to see what they can do and what you can personally do you know what i mean so mm-hmm. i've <sighs> been playing a lot of that i played it as soon as i got home from rtns and it was like super fun it's just great perfect thing to nice. unwind with yeah nice we gotta fight no no stopping no p stop we gotta get home gotta get back to it <laughs> yeah exactly all of hyrule needs me to Uh, find princess zelda which is my job and i'm taking my sweet sweet ass time to do it i feel like that's been your job for the past like 20 or 30 years right totally and i'm very good and i do it every time games in the series totally 100 percent win rate never do i not find zelda you know and rescue her (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know a lot of people have been very much enjoying that game i think it is not for me in any aspect but i uh know it's a it's a sensation worldwide 
I think you would be surprised, oh. actually. You know? Maybe. I might very much enjoy it. It's just when I go into all like negative things I've thought about it because I know people are really <laughs> loving it. But just like <laughs> the aesthetic, the like m- machination construction aspect, like all of that is just not what I look for in a game, you know? Um, totally. But- I was under the impression I was maybe going to just like like crafting less and turns out I like it way more than I thought I was going to (laughs) because because of its open-endedness you know what I mean like if you've ever done like puzzle uh well never mind this is like a long a long thing just the how creative it allows me to be but also is like you need to kind of solve this puzzle is the best because you can do like well let's have some fun and let's see if i can do it this way or just like fuck it i'm just going to attach like 40 logs end to end and just walk across them across this whole giant puzzle like i don't care you know what i mean so (laughs) it's great that it allows you to do both of those things yeah all right i'm going to be getting diablo 4 not because I think it'll be great, but I think it will be polished and fun, but it, because it's couch co-op. Nice. So Mitch and I can play it couch co-op. That's, That's fine. the only reason I'm getting I didn't it. want to play with but you gonna, at all. Be it's excellent. fine. Oh, are you getting Diablo? You just said you won't be getting a new game for the next year. Well, you don't have any space on your couch for me, your co-host? Oh, yeah. Come over and play Diablo 4. You're almost out of school. I'm going to have four days off a week, yeah. except when I work every day of the month. But yeah, <laughs> come on over. We'll play college co-op. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. You are 100% invited and were before you said that. Okay, we're good. grind out some Diablo 4. Everybody Shit, heard yeah. that. And everybody you else, you're all invited up. to Isaac's house and couch too. Let's party. Shit, yeah. Only the cool people, but yeah. All of our listeners are cool people, Isaac. (laughs) Every single one. Yeah. We'll have like a fab, you know, bring your dogs, fab dads, bring some beers. You know, we'll just play Diablo 4 on the couch. It's going to (laughs) be awesome. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks everybody for joining us for this episode. Uh, We had a blast as we always do. And, you know, just thanks. Forgot to plug everything at the beginning of the show. So just try to follow us everywhere and pay attention to things and support us on Patreon. Like it all helps. It's all very good. Uh, you know, it means a lot to us every time somebody says, Hey, this is great. Or thank you. Or, or even, Hey, I listen, you know, which, Huge shout out to Jua because he listens to the podcast and I forgot to shout him out at the beginning because it's been so long since Pro Tour. And then he had an interview. Yep. So thanks for listening and shouting us out. Totally. And everybody else, it does matter. And thank you. <laughs> totally. And we'll see you in the next episode. What are we doing in our next episode? I don't know, but y'all will enjoy it because you like our podcast. <laughs> we. We we do know, but we'll yeah, we'll, we'll let you know later. Yeah, we don't know what order they come out in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
Strong ending is also uh, blah blah. Uh, yeah, blah, blah. <laughs> yep. Always end on a strong yeah. note. <laughs> yeah. You know, just doing link noises bah. and mumbling now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so strong. Good. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for listening. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at the Attack Action Podcast. On Twitter, we are at BattleBro Taylor and at BattleBro Isaac. Shoot us an email, the Attack Action Podcast at gmail.com. If you would like to support us, like and subscribe, shop for singles using our affiliate link, or support our Patreon for as little as $4 per month.